What's up, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Breckenridge Brewery. I don't know about y'all, but with baseball coming back, with opening day finally being here, nothing sounds better than an iced cold beer. Hell, if it's, you know, 2 p.m. whenever you're listening to this, who cares? It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Crack open an ice cold Breckenridge brew. I promise you it's going to make whatever you're doing a whole lot better. If you're looking for recommendations, I, I always go with the classic Avalanche Ale. Always love a little bit of Strawberry Sky if you're trying to, you know, impress somebody. Maybe mix it up, surprise them, get them off their game. Not everybody has a Strawberry Kolsch, and that's why I love it. It's just amazing. But the 15-can sampler, that's just the best bet for variety because you're going to have a beer for you, you're going to have a beer for your bros, you're going to have a beer for your parents if they come over. It's the best of all the worlds. Quoting Hannah Montana, it's the best of both worlds. Shout out to Hannah Montana, I guess. Anyways, pick up that 15-can sampler. Use the Breck Beer Locator. It'll tell you the closest liquor store near you with delicious Breck and Ridge brews. Can't speak highly enough about them. Shout out to Breck. We love them. You love them. Breck Brew. When when Steve Adazio was introduced in the winter, you talked a lot about the experience that he brings to the table and the leadership qualities that he brings to the table. Have the last five months reaffirmed that for you? And then, you know, moving forward, is it safe to say that you're going to have to maybe reevaluate how you would evaluate, you know, his performance in year one, just given everything that's, you know, surrounding this season? Yeah. For, first, Justin, I'd, I'd like to say, you know, our, our entire coaching cohort has been absolutely fantastic in managing the uncertainty, staying engaged with our students, uh, you know, finding ways to, to continue to make progress and helping those students develop. Um, so that's been across the board now specifically related to, to football and Coach Dazio's leadership. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been I've been extremely impressed by how he's managed this. You know, he he you know, he immediately put planning in place when we transitioned to the virtual environment uh, that, that really kept our students engaged around their academics in partnership with the Student Athlete Support Services Unit. Um, you, you've all seen what, what Steve and his staff have been able to do as it relates to engaging uh, prospective students and their interest in participating um, here as a student athlete. You know, we've made more progress, I think, measurable progress than we ever have, um, you know, with with early verbal commitments um, and they continue to do that. I mean, they they he he really embraced the opportunity, uh, saw this as a as a way to really kind of press forward and and, uh, you know, without being able to travel and get in people's homes, you know, they used this technology we're using right now to to, you know, really connect in with with students and those students families and if you talk to all of our coaches across the board you know they, they found this to be a very successful avenue um, and then they, they utilized you know our broadcast services unit which I think does a great job of, of telling the story of CSU to have them create you know some some uh, virtual opportunities to tour campus and just begin to understand what CSU is all about um, so they've they've done a great job a really really good job and I think you know our, our success right now with getting kids back to campus and and getting them back to more normalized activities um, has a lot to do with the culture that he's building. I mean, the guys understand that 
that um, <clears throat> you know they they they've got a lot uh, vest you know a, a vested interest in this, and I think they're doing all the right things when they're with us and when they're not with us to to lessen the chance that they're going to get exposed to the virus and then in turn, you know, the possibility of exposing their team. And then uh, just off of that, do you think it would be fair to say that fans, media, everybody should have to, you know, reevaluate what they what they feel is a successful season in 2020, just given, you know, all, everything going on off the field and how it's going to limit the entire process? Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, yes, I mean, I, I think we'll, you know, we'll, we'll get, you know, however the season unfolds, I think we'll, we'll, in whatever way it does unfold, you know, there'll be opportunities for people to make an assessment of, of over, you know, how any of us have conducted and done our jobs, right? So, um, you know, but, but ultimately, if, if this moves in a direction where there's no football played, or any fall sports played, um, you know, it's going to be pretty hard to evaluate a coach, whether it's Steve or anyone else on, on, you know, those pieces that people want to pay most closest attention to. And that is ultimately the, you know, the scoreboard, but, but it, it's a comprehensive, um, effort to develop young people through intercollegiate athletics. So there's a lot of things that, that, you know, I can point towards that would say that, you know, the team culture, whether it be any of the programs is is sound and moving in the right direction and kids are committed to one another and, and understand the value of subjugating their their own uh, personal goals to the greater good of the team. And uh, so I, you know, I, I see I see a, a lot of ways to evaluate, but but I think what you're asking is what the general fan would. And, you know, they want to see out of 12 games, how many did we win, how many did we lose and how do we perform in each of those games? All right. Thanks again to Joe Parker for taking time to meet with the media earlier this week. We obviously played some audio from him yesterday and playing a little bit more on today's podcast. That, of course, was him answering my question on Steve Adazio and whether, you know, the last five to six months have reaffirmed that hiring decision. Obviously, so far, so good. Nothing, uh, nothing bad to say about Steve Adazio from Joe Parker. You know, to be fair, even if he didn't like him, would he come out and be like, this guy is awful. I can't believe I hired him. He has no leadership skills. He's terrible. You know, all of that. Probably not. I, I don't really see a situation where that would happen. But still, you know, still good to to hear from the boss man that, that things seem to be going well. Obviously, you know, given the testing numbers, the Rams have tested 203 student athletes, have had three positive tests so far. None of them being football players, it seems seems kind of like a good sign, at least for you know CSU football. The, the players deserve a lot of credit for that because if this is going to work, if this is going to you know play out for the, for the season, if we're going to be able to, to have a successful college football season, the players have to be responsible. You know, they have to be really considerate of the situations that they're putting themselves in. You know, they gotta try to avoid, you know, being in a situation where they might get exposed to the virus and then obviously they could potentially expose their teammates down the line and to have have gone through multiple rounds of players being introduced you know multiple weeks of voluntary workouts and still having these same you know positive results to me 
that speaks very highly of the players and and how seriously they are taking this. It's it seems pretty clear that they understand, you know, it's going to take a collective effort and all of them obviously have, you know, quite a bit at stake. Most of the players, well, all of the players that that I've that I've heard from want to play. You know, we haven't really gotten to talk to to a ton of football players at this point, but that that seems to be the general consensus is that the the people the players, the guys in the locker room, they want to play. And for that to happen, you know, they're going to have to make the right decisions. And so far, it seems like they are. And yes, the players deserve credit, but Adazio, he deserves some of that credit too. And that's kind of what Joe Parker was pointing out there. Really likes the culture that he's been able to establish. Had some props to give him from a recruiting standpoint as well. I know the Rams have dropped down the recruiting rankings a little bit lately, mostly because some of the guys that, you know, Boise and Air Force were able to pick up. Still very, very encouraging to see, you know, the class that they put together. The second question that I asked them had more to do with, you know, do we need to reevaluate what we deem a successful season this year, just given all of the circumstances now? You know, as Joe pointed out, if there is no football season, it's going to be kind of hard to, you know, be like, well, was this a successful hire or not? There there are a bunch of things that you could point to off of the field in terms of like academic success, you know, avoiding guys getting in trouble. Like I said, I, I, I really do think that players deserve some credit for how they've handled themselves, you know, throughout this entire process this summer. It's really clear that they take this whole seriously. And to some extent, you know, the leadership at the top deserves some credit for that. So I I think it's safe to say that you could you could deem the Adazio hire successful so far in that regard. But, you know, until until they actually play games, until, you know, there's wins and losses, we won't really be able to evaluate a whole lot. And and I just kind of wanted to get his thoughts on that. I wasn't really sure where he would take it. Not very surprising that, you know, he didn't say anything super controversial or anything like that, but it seems pretty clear that the the CSU administration as a whole is very pleased with Steve Adazio. I would say that the general pulse, you know, with the within the Rams community is that they're they're pretty pleased with the hire. I do think that people probably got slightly carried away uh, when some of that recruiting stuff was happening and they were, you know, pulling guys like four or five guys in a week, easy to get really swept up in the excitement. At the end of the day, though, wins and losses, wins and losses. That's what that's what is really going to define him, because let's be real. People were pretty stoked about Steve Fairchild when he got hired. He validated that by, you know, leading them to the New Mexico Bowl in 2008 and that didn't work out very well. You know, people were very stoked about Mike Bobo when he got hired. They got another brilliant SEC mind. And and I'm not I'm not saying any of this to like dog on Bobo or anything like that. You all know I I was I was a pretty staunch, you know, Bobo defender throughout most of his throughout most of his tenure. I, I will say it was it was time for him to go, and I think everybody recognized that by the end, even him. But it was a tough break for Boba on a lot of things. I'm getting completely sidetracked here. Completely sidetracked. All I'm saying is that results are, are what is going to define a, a coach. And Joe knows that. I know that. Y'all know that. 
but I appreciate him answering the question anyways. One of the more interesting things that did come up, though, in this podcast was or in this media availability was the the potential of of what it could like as as far as a game day atmosphere in Canvas Stadium. Now it's it sounds like if they're allowed to have fans and and they can do it safely and all that, they think that they could potentially have it at about fifty percent capacity. But I am going to play some audio from Joe Parker on that as well and let you guys, you know, kind of hear everything he had to say and, you know, make up your own mind in terms of, you know, what you think. I do think, you know, with Canvas Stadium, with the way the design is, you could probably have some fans in there and do it safely. I don't know about 50%, but based on the way that Joe explained it, it does make sense to me at least. But yeah, I, I just think it was interesting and I think you guys will enjoy it. So here is that audio from Joe Parker. What in your mind would be the most likely scenario for fans in the stands for the opening game and down the line? We uh, still try to determine that right now, Tony. So, oh boy, probably at least a month ago, we, uh, we put together... Um, uh, a conversation that, that that's been ongoing with Air Force, CU, UNC, and ourselves, and then uh, ultimately recruited the ten schools that are in the RMAC into that uh, dialogue. And we we started to look at what we all were going to uh, do as it related to managing game days and put together kind of a comprehensive. Uh, you know, list of, of what we believed would be best practices in managing game day, um, you know, from a social distancing perspective, from, uh, you know, entering facilities, exiting facilities, uh, access to amenities, um, you know, concession services, how people might move from the stands to the restroom facilities, all those pieces. And uh, we, we, we're working right now with local public health authorities and at the state level for, you know, review and action related to that. Um, I think in all cases and everyone that we've talked to within that group, you know, our, our, our aspiration where we believe we can still maintain social distancing is a 50% venue capacity. That's in our case. Um, and I think that was really what everyone else was looking towards. You know, we're, we're, we're lucky with Canvas that it just, you know, the especially with the crowd flow and the way you bring people in the building and, and you get people out of the building, you know, we, we're pretty confident that we can minimize any any crossover uh, or, or, you know, intersecting of, of people. And to get to that 50%, that was practicing a, a concept where we would group everyone who is a season ticket account you know, if they had 10, you know, say 10 tickets, you know, ordinarily their tickets might be, you know, two in one location, four in another, and, and you know, four in another location, but that would be blocking their 10 together and then social distancing from that block of 10, um, kind of operating with the assumption that the 10 people would probably have been socializing, you know, over the course of the week, might be business associates that are, that are potentially working together. And so in that way, <clears throat> you know, they're already kind of a, a cohort that's been that's been uh, established and then you're distancing from that group. And by doing that, we could get to 50 percent. 
sounds like a fairly monumental mathematical issue. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, yeah, we, it, I mean, it's, you know, there's been a lot of scenarios that have been run through, but it, it, uh, you know, we've got good people on staff that, uh, that can kind of model all those things pretty quickly on a spreadsheet, but it's been, it is, it's been, uh, it's been an effort. All right. We are going to wrap up today's podcast with just a little watch list week talk went over briefly, uh, the, the big ones, at least in the Rams notebook piece, but there was one that I left out and wanted to highlight because I think it's honestly probably the most important one. So I feel, feel kind of dumb that I left it off and, I want to apologize to that player, so I'll get into that uh, in a sec. And then I will also briefly talk about Warren Jackson, who just continues to rack up individual recognition. I mean, this dude deserves all of it. He's an absolute stud. One of the one of the best players that I've ever gotten to cover in terms of just talent and one of the best dudes that I've gotten to cover as well. He's just really, really likable dude. Really hope we get a college football season, honestly, just because... I was I was so stoked to see him come back and it'll just be disappointing if if something screwy happens or they move it and he won't get to participate or or whatever you know because I think he is legitimately one of the best wide receivers to ever play at CSU and I think when it's all said and done if he gets to play this senior season the numbers are are going to be up there with you know just about anybody that that's ever played here so he he's already firmly in the top 10 in just about every you know major category and he has a you know a bunch of you know individual accolades that are that are plenty impressive. I'm just saying it would be it would be cool if he got to to play it all out and you know potentially even lead CSU to a to a Mountain West championship or a bowl or or who knows you know he just he he really deserves that opportunity especially after you know having to experience a couple of down years. It was it was never like it was Warren's fault that CSU was struggling. This dude gives it his all, and and that's the case with a lot of these players. It it really was not a an effort thing, and I think that's what was probably the toughest part about some of those losses over the last couple of years is because you knew that there was there was some talent, and you knew that there was you know they were given their all. They just just a couple of spot key spots that that really really let them down. I think there were some some coaching flaws as well. But anyways, really 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 getting sidetracked here, but. Gonna gonna go over Warren and and what he was nominated for. Before I do that, though, gotta talk about my friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Grab your popcorn, grab your cracker jacks. Baseball is back, baby. That's right. The boys will be getting back out on the diamond this week. And while we may not be able to join them in the stadium, there's plenty of action to be had from the comfort of your home. There's no better place to get in on the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To celebrate baseball coming back, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering free bets for every home run your team hits. Dang, that's an awesome deal. Taking advantage of this Grand Slam offer is easy. All you have to do is place a pregame bet of at least $25 on the home team, on your home team, and for every home run that they hit in the game, you'll get $5 worth of free bets. Boom! Super easy, super convenient, a lot of fun. Additionally, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering all new users a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. All you've got to do is use that code DNVR when you sign up. You'll be able to bet on MMA, basketball, golf, baseball, college football down the line. And you know, you, you know what I really love about DraftKings? 
It's, it's US-based, making it safe, secure, and reliable. Super easy to deposit and withdraw your funds whenever you want. It's not a sketchy process. Love that. Love DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code DNVR when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. That code DNVR can get you a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. If you listen to the podcast frequently, you probably recognize that I'm a, I'm a sing-songy type person, very theatery. You know, I did the performing arts, all of that stuff along with sports. So that's just the kind of dude I am. I wish I wish I had like a little jingle for the DraftKings pick of the week, just like a, you know, like a 50s style singers, just wow, wow, DraftKings pick of the week. I don't know, something like that. It would be fun, but let's get to the DraftKings pick of the week. I'm going with my man, Nolan Arenado, to be the player to record the most RBIs this season. It's, it's look, there's, there's a lot of talented players out there right now. I think it's going to be really offensive heavy this during this, you know, crazy expedited season. It's going to be tough for the pitchers to come in. I just I think it favors the hitting. And, and I really do think that there are going to be some guys that put up monster numbers. But everything that I'm hearing about Nolan from my guy, Drew Creaseman and, and Patrick Lyons from the from the Rockies beat. They're just like Nolan has been raking in all these scrimmages. He's absolutely killing it. We all know that he can hit. I mean, he's he's been one of the best hitters in baseball for the last five years. I think it's worth it. You know, if, if you place just a little bit, you don't even really have to get like that carried away with it. That's what's fun about this prop bet because it's plus 1,200. So just, you know, wager two, three bucks. And if, if he hits it, you know, you'll win like 30. Then you can go out for a nice dinner. And if if it doesn't hit, then you're only out a couple bucks, not the end of the world. Hey, that's gambling, baby. But I'm going with Nolan. He's my dude. So clutch. Best third baseman in baseball. Put your money on him. You won't be disappointed. Cool, 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 cool. All right, we're pretty much done with today's podcast, but I did want to just go over watch list week a little bit. Like I said, most of that information is in that Rams notebook piece. So if you're a DNVR subscriber, make sure that you're checking that out. Going to have plenty of more written content in the next couple of days now that I'm finally getting done with this move here. But I did want to mention Barry Wesley, who I forgot to put in the Rams notebook piece because I guess I deleted the, the press release. And that's a that's a rookie move, first of all. So, man, messed up. I really dropped the ball on that one. And I'm just bummed because I, this is the type of stuff that I want to highlight. And and I'll I'll just go into it before I you know scold myself more. But Barry was added to the watch list for the Werfel Award. If you're unfamiliar with what that is, it's considered the college football's top honor for community service. It's presented annually to the player who makes an impact on and off the field. That's Barry Wesley. Barry is just one of the best dudes that I've that I've ever been around. Genuinely, just such a kind person. I, you know, Barry growing up was was teammates with my younger brother. So 
I've watched Barry Wesley play football since literally like the second grade. And to see the the type of guy, you know, the type of man, young man that he's grown into, it's just been it's been really cool. And, you know, I, I wouldn't just say this type of stuff about him. You know, he he genuinely is just a a very, very good person. And in knowing how hard he's had to work to earn everything, it just it makes it that much cooler that he's still, you know, kept this amazing sense of self that he's still just such a kind, selfless person, man. Like to be a walk on and, and to earn your role as a starter is such an amazing story. And it would be so easy to get cocky, to be big headed, to just, you know, oh, yeah, my, you know, <laughs> crap doesn't stink. I almost spelt it out. Who does that? Like, well, does that really make it better? I almost spelt out. Anyways, Barry is the dude. Great guy. He definitely, you know, deserves this recognition. He was CSU's Albert C. Yates Leadership Award winner. Just genuinely one of the one of the best dudes on campus. Really cool to see him get that recognition. On top of that, Warren Jackson finds himself mentioned among, you know, the nation's best players once again. He landed a spot on the Maxwell Award watch list, which is presented to the most outstanding player in college football. It sounds a lot like the Heisman description. That always confused me a little bit, but I think really the Maxwell is just a little bit broader. You know, Heismans tend to lean quarterback, running back. I think Maxwell is a little bit more out there. Jackson is one of 90 players on the list, including six returning semifinalists from the 2019 season. He's on the Blitnikoff watch list. He's the preseason Mountain West Offensive Player of the Year. Only the second time ever that's happened, Richard Higgins was that in was named the preseason conference player of the year in 2015. That 2015 season actually ended up being kind of disappointing. Bobo just didn't quite get him in the mix as well. He also, I think, had to battle some injuries, but really, really cool because, you know, let's be honest, it's it's a quarterback-dominated award. So for for Jackson to be the preseason Mountain West Offensive Player of the Year, it just really shows the type of respect he has, especially given that, you know, Hank Bachmeyer, he is a damn good quarterback at Boise State, and they just think Warren's that good, you know. I, I've said it before, I think he'll go on to be the best of the CSU receivers at the next level. If you saw that thread that Kevin Lytle posted on Twitter uh, back from 2017, Michael Gallup knew it back then as well. I mean, Warren's just a beast, man. And it's great to see him get the individual recognition as well. You know, I just spent two, three minutes rambling about how great of a dude that Barry Wesley is. And Warren is, is just as great of a dude. You know, if he, if he doesn't know you all that well, he might be kind of quiet around you, but genuinely just a very, very good guy, a great teammate, loves the university, loves, you know, representing the Rams and has done it in just a, a really respectable fashion throughout his career. So shout out to Barry, shout out to Warren. Both of those guys deserve all the individual recognition that they're getting. And I just, I really hope that we get to play a football season because I think this team is capable of, of really doing some special things. And I just think it would be a cool reward for guys like Barry Four guys like Warren that have had to, you know, stick it out through some through some tough days. Tough times don't last. Tough people do. That's that's those guys. And I just hope that they get that chance to to lay it all out on the field this year. So we will, you know, whatever's happening, I will be here through it all. I was kind of kind of MIA this week. I talked about that on, 
yesterday's podcast, but now that I'm finally getting moved in, settled, I'm going to hopefully get kind of like a dope home office setup. I have a really cool walk-in closet for the first time ever. So I finally have some space in my room to to mess around with like creating a, you know, studio type space. It should be dope. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Whatever happens though, you know, with college football, I'll be talking about it no matter what, you know, even if it gets delayed, even if it gets pushed back to spring, we'll keep creating content because that's all we do. We've got the DNVR all-time Rams team coming up still. Going to do some more stuff on basketball. Going to do some behind-the-scenes features, you know, on the players and then what it's like kind of trying to train uh, throughout this pandemic. So plenty on the way. Now is a great time to be a subscriber. Thank you to everybody that continues to support this podcast and my work. If you wouldn't mind, you know, ratings and sub- rating and sub- 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 rating and subscribing on Apple and all of that. Getting tongue-tied. I'm clearly tired. I hope everybody has an awesome weekend. I hope you enjoyed baseball. Keep it clean. Keep it fresh. Wear a mask. Wash your hands. Peace.